Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for this series we're calling Christmas Crazy. It's in the midst of the craziness of Christmas that Jesus shows up. And when Jesus shows up, he brings love and peace and joy and connection and salvation. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. And before you log off, wherever you're watching from and whenever you're watching, we'd love to hear from you. Go to branchlife.church and check in with us there by clicking the check-in at the bottom of the page. We hope that you'll stay to the end. I have a few reminders for you after this teaching is done. But wherever you are and whenever you're watching, we hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Good morning. Raise your hand if you're surviving the Christmas crazy. Raise them up. Are you surviving the Christmas crazy? Raise your hand if you are not surviving the Christmas crazy, right? I'm going to tell you something that happened to me this week. We just dismissed all the kids, so this is good. I met Santa Claus this week. Uh, We had a conversation, and he asked me this question. He said, what kind of parties do they throw uh, in the North Pole? Snowballs, right? Yeah, yeah. So that, that, isn't that fantastic? And then he said, ho, 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 and it was really fun and exciting. But that's a good one. Tell that to all your friends and neighbors, you know, snowballs, throw apart. Okay, so uh, it's Christmas, and it's crazy, and uh, we, are, we are in the midst of the series that we are calling Christmas Crazy, and this is the week, right? This is the week that is building up to the day that everybody is looking forward to, and so I just want to pause and say good job. Thank you guys for making it in the midst of the crazy to worship this morning. Uh, we're excited to have you. We're excited to be together. Now, if this is your first time with us, uh, my name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here at Branch, and we uh, want to particularly say welcome to you. As Chloe mentioned, we ask everyone every week to check in, and you can do that by scanning the QR code on this check-in or filling out this card and uh, throwing it in one of the offering boxes on your way out, and we'd just love to know that you worship with us here today, and uh, do that for us as a Christmas present from you to me, and I would really appreciate it, and from our regulars, just check in today, uh, let us know that you're here today, let us know how we can be praying for you, and if you're ready to take any next steps, we'd love to celebrate that. This is kind of like uh, the most important week uh, for these cards. So if you can reach and grab the nearest card that you have, I think there was one on every other chair, so not everyone's going to get one this morning. Grab this card, wave it at me, all right? Everybody wave it at me. If you're watching online, wave your card at me, right? And, and this is your assignment. Take this card and give it to someone. This week, uh, this is the week to go all in on inviting people to Christmas Eve. This year, Christmas Eve lands on Sunday which is like a double bonus whammy for us, right? And it gives us the opportunity to have an incredible day of worship. Uh, it may be our biggest Sunday ever as a church, and here's what our prayer goals are for Christmas Eve. We're praying that 600 people would come to one of the four Christmas Eve services that we're having on Sunday. That would be a record for us, and that would be amazing. Here's how the math works. If the 400 people who call Branch home decide to come on Christmas Eve, that gets us there, and then we want God to supply 200 guests. So you have to, you're responsible for bringing one half of a person on Christmas Eve, all right? 
You can figure out how to do that. But if we did that and we, we don't think that's illogical or unreasonable, we think that's awesome and amazing and miraculous, that 200 people could come for the first time for Christmas Eve, your friends, your neighbors, your family members, and we're praying that 20 people will receive Jesus as their personal Savior. So on Christmas Eve, here's what we're planning. We're planning to have beautiful music of the season. We're planning to give the gospel very clearly the reason for the season, to talk about Jesus and what a difference he makes in our world and our lives, and invite people into a relationship with him. And the miracle is every Christmas Eve, we see, we see people in the double digits come to Christ, and we think he can do it again this year. Amen? It starts with your invitation. It starts with you saying to someone, hey, will you come? Sending out the text, sharing the post, giving the card. And one of the greatest gifts that you can give someone this Christmas season is Jesus. And you can do that simply by saying, I'm going to save you a seat. And so your, your, uh, what we're asking you to do as our, our regular branch family is be there, serve one, attend one, and attend the one that your friends are coming to and save them a seat. Now, we're asking everyone to pre-register online because 600 people in this room four times is really packed. And so uh, we'd love for you guys to let us know what service you're coming to. Uh, public service announcement, the 5 p.m. service, and this is for you that are online as well, is filling up fast, which we're shocked about. So the 5 p.m. is filling up the fastest. The rest are, are filling fast, but there's more room in those. So if you've signed up for the 5 p.m. and want to switch, that may be okay. Serve one, tend one, figure all that out. Uh, but we, we just want you to be aware of that. And as you're saving seats and as you're inviting people, let's go. If it fills, if we, if we have more people register than we have seats, we will actually close that online option and not, not have people register. And we, we know there's more people coming that haven't signed up. So that's, that's the, the situation. And uh, we're, we're, I mean, I, I can't wait. I wish I could fast forward a week and see what God is going to do through you guys and through that time and through the musicians and everyone caring for kids and the gifts that will be given out. And it's going to be a great day. It's seven shopping days away, right, until Christmas, and that's where we're at. So if you're still holding your card, you still have your card, hold it in your hand, and let's, let's pray over these together as, as representing people that we're inviting. God, uh, we're here this morning to worship you. We're pausing in the midst of the crazy to hear from you, to be still in your presence. And we ask you, God, that, that, that this Christmas season you would do the amazing and incredible miracle of drawing more people to yourself. We pray, God, that you would give us boldness and wisdom and understanding and love and compassion enough to invite those that are, are alone, that don't have anywhere for Christmas, that maybe, God, don't know you as their personal Savior, that, are, that have been disconnected from you and from the church, Lord. Help us, help us to just be a joyful uh, inviters over this next week and, and to hand out these cards. And we pray that people would respond. And, Lord, that you would... Help us to be able to fit as many people as we possibly can through those four services. We think it's around 600, God. We pray for that. We pray for a couple hundred guests. We pray for, for 20 salvations. And my heart just sings at even that possibility. And Lord, what, a, what an awesome thing that would be throughout the year to be able to be baptizing person after person after person who points back to Christmas Eve and says, that was the Sunday. That was the Sunday I met Jesus. So God, we pray for that and we trust in that and we're excited about that. Thank you for everyone who's serving and leading and doing music and doing the prep work. Bless them this week as they do all that for the building of the kingdom plus survive all the other Christmas crazy. In your precious holy name we pray, amen.
Well, we're super excited about next week, but I do recognize that it does add to the Christmas crazy, and some of you already raised your hands that you're surviving. Some of you are barely making it through all the elementary concerts, the visiting of Santa Claus, the Christmas shopping, and the lists that are being made, right? And you're, you're getting there. And here's the point that we're making on, during this series, is in the midst of the Christmas crazy, that's when Jesus shows up. And the reason we know that is because from the very first Christmas, it was crazy. Mary, Joseph, donkey, manger, no room in the inn, and Jesus was born. And when Jesus shows up, Jesus brings with him the first Christmas gifts. Jesus brings salvation. Last week, we talked about Jesus bringing joy and Jesus bringing peace. And we, we know that these Christmas gifts that Jesus provides come from our Heavenly Father who loves us. And today, we're going to talk about two more Christmas gifts that Jesus provides in the midst of the Christmas crazy when he shows up and does what he does. We're just reminding ourselves of these things and then putting them into practice uh, during this season. And so if you have your Bibles, let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Last week, we started in Philippians chapter 4, and uh, we're going to just finish that passage together this week. In Philippians chapter 4, we're going to be reminded of this a powerful truth in the midst of the Christmas crazy. Remember, God always provides. Amen? In the midst of the Christmas pra- crazy, God always provides. Now you're asking yourself, does that mean everything that I put on my Christmas wish list, God will give me? Now, if you have enough faith, no, no, that's not how it works, right? God will not provide everything on your Christmas list. But what he will provide is everything you need. God will provide everything you need. That's what he does. That's the promise that he gives us, and that's what we're going to remind ourselves in this, in this moment through Philippians chapter 4. And what I want you to ask yourself as, as I'm reading this out loud, what, what is he providing and how is he providing it? So in Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 10, uh, I'll read this out loud. Uh, you can listen or follow along in your Bibles. In Philippians chapter 10 at verse 30, it's uh, 4 verse 10. Wow, there's a lot of numbers involved and I didn't get them all right. <laughs> Philippians 4 verse 10. I rejoice in the Lord greatly. Now let me just remind you what we said last week. Last week we said rejoice in the Lord when? Always. And again I say rejoice. Pray. Prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace that passes understanding will guard your hearts. Think about what's true and noble and excellent. Think about those things. The gifts of joy and the gifts of peace coming to our anxious world. And then Paul says, following up on that, I rejoice greatly. But there's a reason that he rejoices greatly. And and look at that reason. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me. He was rejoicing because other people were meeting his needs. Other people were coming alongside of him and were concerned for him in the work that he was doing. And he's praising God for that. He then says in verse 11, Not that I am speaking from need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and how to abound in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and of hunger. I've learned of of abundance and of need. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. 
yet. It was kind of you to share in my troubles. And you, the Philippians, this was a church that he was talking to, you yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me except you alone. Even in Thessalonica, you sent help for me and for my needs again. Not that I am seeking more gifts, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. You know what this verse is saying? It's the place where we get the, the phrase, it's better to give than to receive. That's a biblical idea. And it comes right here, and, and Paul tells us about it. Verse 18, I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied. Having received from Ephroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I love the way it closes. Greet everybody in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The brothers who are with me, they greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. And the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you and your spirit. In this verse, we see a bunch of gifts that only Jesus provides, and he brings us in the midst of the Christmas crazy, reminding us of this idea that God always provides. Well, if I know this, if I believe this, if I experience this, what then happens to me during the Christmas crazy? How many of you are tired? How many of you are too tired that you can't raise your hand? Like, oh, come on, one more thing. Golly. Do I have to? I'm holding my coffee. I'm starting to nod off. You're asking me to invite people and serve on Sunday and give up my seats. You're, you're telling me to do all this stuff, and I've got dinner to cook, and I'm just, I'm just exhausted just thinking about it. The gift that Jesus brings to all of us through Philippians chapter 4, through a relationship with his son, is rest. It's rest. God will provide everything you need. Therefore, brother and sister, you can rest. The Bible says this, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden, everybody who's tired and exhausted, everyone who's at the end of their, their, uh, their rope or, or, or their uh, Christmas lights and just hanging on, come to me all you who are tired and I will give you what? Rest. Rest for your souls. Now what's the secret to rest? The secret to rest according to Philippians chapter 4 is contentment. The secret to rest is contentment. I love how this gets laid out in, in, uh, in the midst of all of this, that, that contentment is like the superpower that if we understand it, if we have the ability to tap into it, if we can truly receive the gift of contentment this Christmas season, then we can receive rest. Now, here's the problem with Christmas. Christmas tells you that you need more and better that you need more stuff, that you need more gifts, that you need nicer things, that the things that you have somehow are all of a sudden not great, and you need more of them. We have the same problem when I had a daughter growing up. She decided that Barbie was great, but not enough. And so not only do I need one Barbie, but I need two Barbies. I need airplane Barbie, and Dr. Barbie, and Nurse Barbie, and Ken's Barbie, and, and Malibu Barbie, and I'm fat now Barbie, and skinny legs Barbie, and like she needs all of the Barbies. Because one wasn't enough. And God said, listen, it's exhausting to get to all the Barbies. What if we were just content with the one that we have? What if we actually realized that God is going to provide everything you need and you can just relax? 
You see, Paul explains this to us, and he, he, he's asking us basically this question. Are you someone who covets what God has not provided? Are you someone that covets what God has not provided? In other words, are there things on your Christmas list that you're trying to get that you can't afford, that are out of your reach? Now, you may be here, and you may be able to afford a brand new truck for Christmas, and you're buying that thing, and you're paying for it, and it's not going to hurt you financially, and it's not going to put strain on your family, and you're like, I can totally get a new truck. Guess what? God's provided a new truck. Praise the Lord. Isn't that amazing? And we get to enjoy, out of the abundance of life, what God provides, but there are some people in here that are like, I have to have a new truck, but I can't pay for it, and I'm going to buy it anyway. And I'm going to buy it because why? It's Christmas, and at Christmas, I go into debt out of love, and that's that's a terrible idea, right? God's like, don't do that. Don't buy things you can't afford. Don't, don't, don't make up for your past mistakes by making more mistakes. And I'm sorry for everything that I did to you this year. So here's a bunch of presents that I can't afford and maybe it'll make you feel better, right? And we start going after like these things and then, and then all, all, of, all of everything on the internet is trying to say, buy me, get me, purchase me. You can't be happy without me. And God's saying in the midst of the Christmas crazy, I want to remind you, just be content. Be content with what God has, and then you will find, truly, truly, you will be able to find rest. Paul says, not that I'm seeking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. And in Paul's story, this was somebody who was high and low, rich and poor, full and hungry. He was the guy that was shipwrecked and put in jail for preaching Jesus, traveling from, from town to town because he had no home. But he, this is the guy that also lived in the nicest house. He was a part of the elite society. He was the upper echelon of the upper echelon in the Hebrew culture. And he knew what it was like to have everything and then have nothing. And he said, listen, the secret to rest and to happiness and, and peace is not having a bunch of stuff. The secret is being content with what you got. Because we have a God who's in the business of providing everything we need. And so Paul says, be content. And just like last week, it's not like be at peace and you go, thanks, I don't have those instructions. He goes, yeah, you can be content and let me tell you how to do that. And let me just unpack for you where contentment comes from in the life of a believer. First of all, contentment comes from, contentment is learned. It's a behavior like a muscle that you have, to, you have to exercise. And the more that you exercise contentment, the greater your muscle becomes. It's universal. In other words, it doesn't depend on your circumstances. And it's power giving. It's not, it's not something that you do in your own strength. It's something that supplies strength for you. Now, I love the new life that's happening at Branch Life Church. There are babies all over the place. And babies are great. First-time parents are the worst. I mean, awful. Have you ever gone shopping with first-time parents? Back in my day, right? You ready for this? We bought our kids a crib with a mattress and bars. That's it. That's all you needed. You needed the mattress to be soft, and you needed the bars to keep them in jail, right? That was, all, that was it. That's all you needed. Now, you, new, new moms and new dads, they have to have all of the gadgets in the world to keep their child safe. They have to have every invention, every piece of technology. They need to be able to talk their child from anywhere in the world on, at the spur of the moment. Like they are eyes in the sky. So there's like monitors and cameras and noisemakers. And then when you buy a crib, you can buy a crib that actually mimics the womb of a mother. 
And the crib like heats the baby and it creates like a motion that the baby's in and it, and it makes noises that you would only hear inside of a person. Like who wants to hear those noises, right? That's, those are not great noises, but that's, that's comforting the baby, right? And you hear the heartbeat, thump, 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 but from the inside, <laughs> and, then, and this is surrounding the baby, and they're in the womb. And I just want to say to every newborn, every newborn parent, listen, they came out of the womb for a reason, right? They don't want to be in there anymore. They were escaping that, and you're trying to shove them back in. Let them live. Mattress bars, it's all you need. And they go shopping for all these things, and it's not good enough, and it's not fast enough. Some of my best friends in the world have made a lot of money selling baby products. Our friends started the company Graco, and they started just, they, they, here's what they figured out. We can give your baby a, a seat in the air, but if we make it swing on its own, they'll go crazy for it, right? Right, because I cannot rock my own child, right? I want the machine to rock my child for me. And then, hence, a whole industry was born, and parents everywhere have been buying more and more for their kids. Same thing happens with weddings. Don't even get me started with weddings. We think we need to spend X, Y, and Z, and all this stuff to have the biggest and grandest and bestest wedding ever. And, and all of a sudden, we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, why, what, what's happening? Why am I going so crazy? Let me ask you this question. New mom, would you be content with a manger? Would you be content with a manger? It doesn't mimic a womb. <laughs> no cameras, no sound machines, no devices that have instant access from all over the country and the world. And when God decided to give his son a baby bed, he gave him a ma- This is God. He could have invented mimicking womb cribs back in 0 BC, but he didn't. He gave him a crib. And guess what? Mary was thrilled to have a manger. And Mary, Mary couldn't find a place to stay. All of a sudden was provided a barn and there was a trough where animals eat with dirty hay in it. And that's where she went. That's where she gave birth to the king of the world. That's where she laid the baby. And she was thankful for every minute. Why? Because she had the son of God here on earth. She knew that she was delivering a miracle baby. And it didn't matter the bed or how much money we spent on it or how many different clothes from Carter's we had to buy. And listen, there wasn't a zero BC run on mangers, right? There wasn't new moms going, this is the latest and greatest thing, right? If it's good enough for Mary and Jesus, it's good enough for me. No, Mary would tell all her friends, listen, I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't have the womb crib. We were in a manger. I had to, I had to get rid of the dirty hay on top. And when I had my baby and I was so exhausted, we needed somewhere to lay the baby. So we, we, put, him in, we put him in the hay that the animals eat from. And all Mary's girlfriends were like, Ew. (laughs) Mary, that's disgusting. (laughs) Do you know how many germs are there? (laughs) Honey, don't let the kids play with baby Jesus. He's just, (laughs) he's tainted. Would you be content with a manger? Would you be content if God provided you with what you needed but not what you wanted? What he knew would supply for your need, but not the extra and the above. You see, God says, if if you really truly want to rest, be content in me, because I'm going to promise you something. I'm going to provide everything you need. 
So how do we get to the place where we're not overly infatuated, not coveting the things God hasn't provided, but grateful for the things that he has provided? Well, we go through these steps. First, we exercise our contentment muscle. I know, I know for us, planning a church in 2018 and 19 was scary. And in 2018 and 19, there were three of us, the Greenings included, that moved out of our houses that were nice and comfortable and, and the banks agreed had given us mortgages for. And we moved into new houses in Pottstown not knowing how we were going to pay for them. And we somehow convinced the banks that it was going to be okay. And they gave us the light. We, we got here and we're like, we're going to start this thing. We're going to step out on faith. And, and no matter what happens, we're going to be content. And that, that may mean we all have to get full-time jobs to do this thing that God's calling us to do. That may mean that this thing that we're trying to do is going to fail and we're going to have to move again. That may mean it might work and we might actually earn enough money to pay for our houses so that we can live in the greater Pottstown area where we're trying to make an impact for Jesus. And I, I, all I know in that year, in that year, 2018, 2019, when we were starting and we didn't know where anything was going to come from, that we were totally depending on God for everything. And here's what happened. He supplied. He supplied every need. And, and the reason I knew he would supply was because back in 2007 and eight, Jenny and I had been trying to have kids for seven years. We, we were going through a whole season of, of infertility, and year after year and month after month, we were battling with that. And what our hearts wanted more than anything in the world was to have a baby, and we got to the place where we're like, the doctors don't even know what's going on, but maybe we're not going to be able to have a baby. And I remember Jenny and I having this conversation with God. God, if, if your calling for us is to not be able to have our own kids, then Lord, we want to be content with that. And wouldn't you know, after that conversation is when we got pregnant with our firstborn, Delaney. And then we became the worst first-time parents ever, <laughs> like, like icing on the cake like we went after all we freaked out like everybody freaks out right and then the second baby comes along and you're like he's fine right <laughs> just throw him in a manger he'll live but we saw God do what he did back in 2005 6 and 7 so that we knew he would do it again in 2018 and 19 but then came 2020 the COVID years right now, let me put it into context. We had just started a church and barely knew if we were going to make any sort of income to feed our families. And now a national pandemic comes together and says, you can't do that. You can't see people. You can't build relationships. You have to stay apart. You lost your worship center. You're now meeting in fields and online, and there's nowhere for you to go. And how are you going to do this? And remember thinking to ourselves, oh, no, like, this is awful. Like, I think everything's going to fall apart. Or, you know what? God's got this. God's going to work through this. And I remember, remember having intentional discussions with Branch Life, way smaller back in 2020. Branch Life going, hey, what are we going to do? Are we going to go all in for Jesus or are we going to hide right in the corner and just twiddle our thumbs and see it fall apart? And we went all in for Jesus. And you know what God did in 2020, the COVID years? He provided again. He provided everything we needed, and not only did, did God give us a brand new campus to serve on, he allowed us to influence our neighbors and our community for Jesus. We were providing for needs, building relationships that still exist to this day, all because of a national pandemic where we lost everything. Now, how did I know God was going to do that in 2020? Because I saw what he did in 2017, 18, 19. I saw what he did back in, in 2005, 6, 7, and 8, and I know God can do it again. 
And I thought 2020 was bad. But then it came 2023. Let me just tell you, pastorally, for me, 2023 sucks. Like, it's awful. Like, it's been a terrible year. And, and the reason it's been bad is because we have lost people we love. And I, I don't want to ever repeat what's happened in 2023 again. This summer, 2023, seeing your brother-in-law, who's at 42 years old with six kids, get diagnosed with cancer, and step into heaven just three months later, terrible. And then to have dad pass away just a few weeks ago, awful, right? I don't want to go through this. I don't want to be in the valley of the shadow of death. I don't want to have grief on top of grief. But I know a God who has promised to provide everything we need. So can my soul rest in 2023 in the goodness of God? Yes. Can I trust my kids and my family to the goodness of God? Can I trust that God has my nephews and my niece in his hands? My mother will be totally taken care of by the grace and the goodness of God. Yes, I can. Why? Because I've seen him do it before, and I know he's going to do it again. Because God has promised to provide everything, and I can learn in this season to be content. Yes, even in a season of loss. It's a universal practice, not circumstantial contentment. And in all of those moments, wherever you are, your contentment is not dependent on the amount of gifts that you give, the amount of victories that you have, the amount of losses, or the amount of money in your bank account. It's dependent on a God who never changes. And it's powerful. How are we going to get through this 2023 how are we going to get through COVID? How are we going to get through starting a church? How are we going to get through the loss of a job? How are we going to get through a difficult school year? How are we going to get through a brand new baby and I don't know how to take care of him? How are we going to get through all things? You're going to do it through the power of the Spirit because God promises that with Christ comes unlimited resources. So I want to quote for you the, the famous theologian that takes all of these into consideration. Captain America says, I can do this all day. I can do this all day. Captain America, literally a superhero with superpowers because of the, ve the venom or the juice or whatever they made, right? The super serum that they put in it. I'm getting nerdy at this moment, right? And, he can, and you're like, he's not real. Just, play, just for a little bit. Just stick with me, all right? He can fight bad guys all day. He can go after Hydra and and whatever the other bad guy's names are, and crush them without getting exhausted, without getting beat down, with super strength. He can do it all day. When you have God, I can do this all day. Because God says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. See, Philippians goes through the process of saying, listen, you learn in everything to be content, whether it's good or bad, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're hungry or satisfied. And no matter what situation you find yourself in, no matter where you are in your journey of life, no matter how hard it may be or how easy things are going, no matter how wealthy or how poor it is, you can do this. 
You can do this because God is the one who will give you strength. It's empowering. It's powerful, this idea of contentment. And so in the midst of this Christmas crazy, wherever you are on the spectrum of craziness, you can rest in the goodness of God through the power of contentment. Contentment is the secret to rest. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. With all of these things in mind in Psalm 23, the psalmist says exactly what Paul is saying. Let's read this with fresh eyes this morning. When the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not need. When the Lord is my shepherd, I shall be content. When the Lord is my shepherd, everything will be provided for me. When the Lord is my shepherd, I can rest. When the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Rest. Rest by the still waters and the green pastures that your shepherd is leading you to. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not what? want. We can rest in contentment in the midst of the Christmas crazy because Jesus, our shepherd, showed up. The second thing I want to show you from this text this morning is in the midst of the Christmas crazy, remember God often provides through family. So how does God miraculously provide? Well, he often provides through family. He provides through community. He provides through others. As we've been going through 2023, we've been seeing God's provision through all of you over and over again. Look at it in Philippians chapter 4. In Philippians 4.14, he says, it was kind of you to share in my trouble. You guys showed up and you showed me kindness and you shared in the trouble that that I was going through. And you, the Philippians, the church, entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving. And again, you sent me help for my needs in Thessalonica. Other people kept showing up. The family of God kept showing up for Paul. And one of the greatest gifts that we have during this Christmas season from our Savior is community, is family, and is one another. That's a treasure. And over the next seven or eight days, you are going to be gathering with your family. And all God's people said, holy smokes. Right? Right? 
Have you met my family, Pastor Josh? Do you know what I'm going to have to go? Do you know who's going to be there? Do you know what they've said? Do you know how they act? And I don't even talk about the smell. And those kids, right? Those kids. And I'm hosting this year. What we need to remember is that the family that you've been given is a particular gift from God. But to help you in this season, let's briefly talk about a holiday guide for surviving family. In the midst of the Christmas crazy, what's the holiday guide for surviving family? And here's the beautiful thing that we're going to mention in just a moment. Not only as a believer do you have your biological family, but you also have the family of God. And here's the truth of the matter. There is no perfect family. There is no perfect biological family. There is no perfect church family. But we have the gift of both this season. And not only can you survive it, you can thrive in it. And look what Philippians chapter 4 says to do. Here's your holiday guide for surviving family. Step number one, be kind, right? Be kind. A little bit of kindness is going to go a very, very long way. If you show five minutes of kindness to your neighbor, it may give you dividends for the next 50 years. If you show kindness to someone who hasn't been kind to you, that speaks volumes. And Paul says in verse 14, thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your concern for me. And for a Christian, kindness is a superpower. Why? Because kindness in our world is so rare. So when we are kind to one another, when we truly love our neighbor, including our brother and sister, our father and mother, our cousin and aunt, and even the cranky and smelly ones, kindness is going to go a long way. Kindness, what we all need is a little bit more grace. So kill them with kindness as a survival guide for surviving family. Second, be repeatedly generous. He said, you sent me help again. In 2023, I, I have had to rely on family as we've traveled through loss on loss. And over the course of the summer, our church family and our, and our biological family showed up in incredible ways. And you literally have held up my hand. You've come alongside us and you've given us energy and hope and support and soul care in amazing ways. And I had, I had no idea that we would need that same help again just a few months later. But what happened is you guys showed up again in incredible ways. I honestly feel guilty in receiving so much love and care again. But you guys, you guys don't care. You guys will do it again and again and again. Why? Because that's what family does. That's the gift of a family. And listen, we may not be a perfect church, but I'll tell you, one of our superpowers as a church is being generous to other people. And you as a church show up time after time for one another. You show up in seasons of loss. You show up to provide needs. You show up when there's medical attention. You show up to party and to cheer each other on. You show up for me, and we get to show up for you. And it's something that happens in family as we get to do life together in the highlands and in the lowlands. And we show up in the name of Jesus to be the ones that God uses to provide. And when you are generous one time, it's great. To be radical generous is repeated generosity. And thank you for your generosity. Thank you for showing up. This church has been so incredibly generous in even providing for the ministry that we've been able to do. It's a, it's a miracle in my book that we're talking about the numbers and the number of salvation goals that we have for Christmas Eve. To even think about that is just from what was nothing back in 2019 is now seeing God do some incredible things. And in 2024, we're anticipating that he would do more. We just sent out our letters for the end of year giving and for everyone that gives to Branch on a regular basis, God is using your gifts and he's multiplying them 
And we have some incredible plans for 2024. We, we want to we throw an all-community um, PD appreciation event, police department appreciation, for the four police departments around us. Why? Because they captured an escaped convict like two minutes that way. And right now, our community is just primed to say thank you to our men and women in blue for all the work that they've done for us over this past year. And we want to recruit all kinds of, of network partners to come in and raise all kinds of money to just bless our, our partners together. When you guys give, you're seeding that event. You're making that event possible in 2024. We're excited to, to consider launching a, a counseling and crisis response center so that we can keep showing up in our community, so that we can counsel and care for families that are in need. And in 2024, our goal is to seed that and to launch that and to see that start by God's grace. In 2024, we want to expand our leadership development and see more residents uh, come to Branch and help, help do things in and around Branch and in and around our community that, that would benefit us, but also train them to multiply and plant more churches in the years ahead. There's so many exciting things that we anticipate and we are looking forward to, and, and it's all possible because of your repeated generosity, and so thank you. Thank you personally for your care for us. Thank you for your generosity in, in empowering Branch through your gifts and your service. And the other holiday guide for, for surviving family is to be grateful. Because the truth is, God is going to provide everything you need for that family gathering, for that Christmas day, for 2024. And we don't know what God's going to do next, but we know he's going to do exactly what we need him to do. He's going to provide exactly what he needs to provide. And we can trust in him for that. And so some of you are gathering this year with your, your dads. Be grateful. Because not everybody gets to do that. Some of you will be gathering with brothers and sisters and be grateful because not everybody gets to do that. Some of you will be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on gifts and each other. Be grateful because not everyone can do that. Some of you will be able to gather together in this worship center and sing carols out to the Lord freely and openly. Be grateful because not everyone gets to do that. And there are so many things that God has already provided to make this Christmas Grateful, the way, to, the, great, the way to survive it is gratitude. Family member, family matters. And we remember this, this Christmas season, the child of God is gifted with, uniquely gifted with two families, one by birth and one by adoption. The moment that you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the moment that you were born again, you were born into a second family, the Holy Spirit moves in and takes residence, and you become a child of God, which means you have brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world. And one of the coolest things to experience as a believer is to go to another country where you don't speak their language, you don't know your names, you don't know their culture, you don't know their traditions, but you know the same Savior, and that makes you family, and you can have a unique connection. The church should be multicultural, multi-generational. Why? Because the one thing we all can agree on, no matter who we are or where we come from, no matter what our creed is or our language is, is that the gospel saves, and we can all be adopted in this beautifully diverse family of God. What a gift. And maybe you've been exploring a relationship with Jesus, and you've never heard about this perk of salvation before. Yes, heaven is our home, but God is also our Father. And when you believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation, not your works, not religion, uh, not baptism, simply following Jesus, 
The moment you make that decision, you become a part of a brand new family. And some of you today, you need that family. You need that relationship with God the Father, and you need brothers and sisters in Christ to do life together with. And I want to invite you into our family. In this moment, I want to invite you into a personal relationship with Jesus. And here's how you do that. You simply have a conversation with God. First, recognize that you need to be saved. You need a Savior. Believe that Jesus came and he died on the cross for you. For God so loved you that he gave his only son. That whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And if you believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ today, God, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus came and died on the cross for me. Today, I want to accept the free gift of salvation. Today can be the day that you're adopted into the family. Have that conversation with God, even now. After the service, we'll have prayer team members available for you to talk to, or you can go to our website and click on that Follow Jesus tab and learn more. Whether you're here in person or watching online, the invitation is open to everyone. And we remind ourselves that this crazy Christmas, for those of you that are a part of the family of God, your church family needs you. We are not whole without you. We are a body and all the bodies are equally, all the parts of the body are equally important and we need you. We need the youngest and the oldest. We need the tallest and the shortest. We need everyone in our family of God. When you come to worship, it's less about coming for yourself and coming for someone else. God has brought us together for a reason. Don't abandon your church family during the busyness and the craziness. Go all in with them. And here's what we get to do as a family over this Christmas time. If we could advance advance the next slide for me. Oh, it did a lot. You could go back two for me. That would be great. One more forward. Next one. Did I freeze it? Magic powers. There we go. In the midst of the Christmas crazy, remember this. When the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. The end of Philippians simply says this. We give greetings to every saint in the name of Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with you greet you also. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, brothers and sisters in Christ. Greetings. I love you as our family. And when the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey today, will you take a few moments as this song plays to thank our Heavenly Father for everything he provides. Whether you're in the highlands or the lowlands, whether you're in the valley or you're in the peak, rest in our Savior who provides this Christmas season.
from the source of its supply. Cause in the highlands and the heartache, you're neither more or less inclined. I would search and stop at nothing. You're just not that hard to find.
talk was an encouragement to you and we have one special request for you no matter where you are or when you're watching we'd love to hear from you go to branchlife.church and click the check-in link at the bottom of the page and let us know what this talk has meant to you it would be a giant encouragement to us and i hope that you survive the craziness of christmas wherever you are whatever you're doing have a very merry christmas we'll see you next time